Hey, my Alchemy Chic family. Just wanted to let you guys know that we are now available on several different platforms. Yay! So you can now find Alchemy Chic on Anchor, the Anchor app, of course, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify. I'm so excited that our family is expanding. Make sure you go to each platform and subscribe now. Thanks. Love ya. Hey, Alchemy Chic family, this is just a warning that this episode may contain some very colorful, very, very colorful language. So if you have little ones around, please grab your headphones or if colorful language offends you, please skip this particular episode. Thanks. Alchemy Chic family. I am back. It has been a short little break. I took a little bit of a summer break, but um, I am back with my Alchemy Chic influencers. As you know, this is very important to me and my audience. And um, the reason why I do these uh, influencers is because I know a lot of dynamic women and I know that they have very strong stories to share. And I just wanted to create a platform for people to share them. And I know on a personal level, because I hear all of the quote unquote shop talk, <laughs> I know that thing, I know some of the things that women go through um, that we don't typically get a platform to share, but I know that it can help a lot of people when people understand that they're not the only ones that's going through something or the only one that is having a very unique experience. And um, I just think it's good to hear from others and be encouraged in that way. And this woman that I have today is... I, I personally call her a spiritual healer, a spiritual warrior. Um, <laughs> I call her a spiritual activist. Um, anytime I've had an encounter with this woman, whether she knows it or not, she has literally lit my soul on fire in one way or another. Um, she is an actress, a writer, a spiritual healer. <laughs> she is just Everything about this woman and anyone who has ever had the privilege to meet her has had a dynamic enlightenment in some way or another. And um, therefore, I really, really wanted to have her on because I know she would have an abundance amount of wisdom, especially for women, um, when it comes to self-development, self-acknowledgement, self-forgiveness. And as you all know, all of those are extremely important to me. So my Alchemy Chic family, can you please welcome my love bug, Arian Price? Oh, peace, good day unto me. I feel so <laughs> excited to be myself now. I mean, I'm already in a path where I'm trying to be the me I came to be, but Rachel, that introduction, I was like, who is this woman? I've always seen that. <laughs> I would love to meet her one day as I evolve. You are her. You are her all the way, 100%. I know this for sure. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. Is there anything else you wanted to add to that? Because one thing I know I do a lot in these interviews is because I know so many people personally. I more mm -hmm. so speak about my personal experiences and from what I know, but I tend to leave out a lot of critical details in terms of actual <laughs> acknowledgements and achievements, even though I know most of my people on a personal level. So is there anything else you wanted to add to that intro? Well, wow. I just want to say that I think everybody has a unique experience of people. So I like them to tell me how they've experienced me. But mm -hmm. my new thing, as you know, I told you I was a shaman and I'm getting my message carrier 
attunement in a couple of weeks before Rosh Hashanah. We'll talk about that a little more later, but really you said everything there is to say. I think we'll get into it in the conversation, but the main thing is I am a human being yes. and I am a bridge between the seen and the unseen. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of accepting myself as a spiritual developer, energetic elevator, emotional regulator, soul investigator. I'm just simply a spiritual being at your service. <laughs> I, mean, I love it. Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. So become, before becoming um, a spiritual healer and going through your process and getting to where you are today, you, you were and still are involved in the arts in terms of like acting and writing. Um, but how mm-hmm. did that eventually lead you towards where you are now? And what did you learn during that process? Well, first, I I think a lot of people don't talk about the fact that actors and writers are spiritual channels. I mean, the real ones are, mm-hmm. you know, anyone can mm-hmm. say they're acting, but real actors are channels. And my experience that I had when I was writing 21 and when I was working in broadcasting, I realized I was just kind of channeling my experiences to be able to be a voice for people who've had similar experiences. And a lot of actors and writers are often traumatized. Mm-hmm. And many use their trauma to kind of channel the energy to create emotions for you to feel, you know, as they perform. Mm-hmm. Um, many haven't healed from their trauma. Therefore, they kind of become, I guess, fragmented souls and uh, with high levels of addiction and a- attachments. And we make tabloids out of their lives. Yeah. And they become human fodder for entertainment. Yeah. And if you think about it, they're whole stations that are like dedicated. I mean, they're whole outlets that are dedicated to the fragmentation of a human soul and we feed on them like vultures and parasites yes and and so being in the path of entertainment was kind of destined for me as a healer um because I also learned as I was in those circles and in those environments I feel like God puts me in certain environments for a reason Mm -hmm. um that I realized a lot of my own um a lot of my own gifts and a lot of my own traumas were a result of me wanting to be uh, emotionally dependent on the outside world, which most entertainers are. Like the whole reason I want to start entertaining was not to entertain people. Like I didn't grow up saying I want to entertain. My mom suffered from depression and so many of my female family members did. So Mm -hmm. I grew up wanting to raise the vibration of the people around me, you know, Mm -hmm. whether Mm -hmm. it was at home or at school or at church, wherever I was, I just wanted to clear the energy and I wanted to raise the vibration of the beings around me. I wanted them to smile or laugh or just feel something better than they did before. And I think that's what most artists do. I think most artists are traumatized souls because they're highly sensitive beings who take up the energy of everyone in the room. Mm-hmm, and they feel everything mm-hmm. and many of them can't explain it. But what, yeah. what their gift allows them to do is to communicate life in a way that raises the vibration. Yes. So just just to clarify for the people that are listening, what is vibration and what does what does that mean and how does that look and how can people kind of identify and tap into that? Oh, thank you for asking me. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you for asking me. Well, in a simplified form, you know, we are all made of, of, of energy that is flowing. We are a body a casing that has a spirit inside of it that is flowing. So imagine your body kind of being like um, that game operation Mm -hmm. and and take all the stuff out and now just put kind of lines going up and down and they're like moving, you know, like electricity. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is our spirit being, you know, that Mm -hmm. is, that is our connection to heaven. So the faster that we're moving inside of ourselves, the more fluid we are, the more free of blockages, 
um, we vibrate at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Okay. We call those high vibe people. Um, and if we have a low vibration, if our energy is moving low because um, we have some sort of emotional unprocessed part of ourselves, because all trauma is, is unprocessed emotion. Mm-hmm. And when we, are, we have to process emotion like we process food. Think of it like that. Okay. And a lot of us are stuffing ourselves with pizza or bread or things that soak up all of the um, water within us. And those are negative emotions that we never speak of, talk about, feel out, cry, cry about, pray about. When we have too many of those that come into us, it lowers the way our spirit can move and breathe. Mm-hmm. And our vibe gets very low. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell when you're around a person. Um, you know, who, who has a low vibe. You can tell when you have a low vibration because yep. you feel as though your spirit man cannot move. They call it quenching the spirit in the church. But you quench <laughs> your own spirit every damn day when you are true to yourself, processing your emotions, aware of what you're feeling and, and not allowing your, your multidimensional self to be all that it is. Yes. Okay. So first of all, I have so, I have so many questions. I know we're going to get to them, but I'm just so excited. <laughs> um, but when was your first spiritual enlightenment moment and what led to that experience? Mm. Well, so I, that's a, it's a really difficult question because I realized that from the time I was about five or six, I could feel the presence of beings around me, seen and unseen from the time I was a little girl. I could sense people's energy. I just didn't know what I was sensing or feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was, uh, I remember when I was in the first grade, I, I also always knew that God was inside of me. Mm -hmm, also mm -hmm. I've always known my whole life ever since I was young that I was multidimensional meaning I always felt that God was inside of me and that I was connected to God in ways that it may not have have made sense but I always felt this support around me now I know from my spiritual evolution that those are my spirit guides those are my angels the Holy Spirit speaks and flows through me like a divine channel Yeshua Jesus is a non-physical spiritual support that I've used when I was in the church doing spiritual warfare. So I had this support all my life. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what it was. And I think gotcha. in the last five or so years, because I mean, let's be honest, I, I had a, a long amount of years where I was in church as a child and a teenager, but I didn't really get anything out of that experience until I was in my early twenties when I was going to say um, and when I was going to save in a nation endangered, which you already know, turned into El Elyon, um, and pastor Mason Bethel was my pastor in Twyla for, I guess like five years and very impressionable years for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I got to that church in my twenties that I began to kind of reconnect with being aware of the fact that, oh, I, you know, I, I am a, a master manifester. Oh, I, I can't know myself. Oh, I, I began speaking in my holy language, which, you know, kind of is an understanding of you knowing that you, you exist um, with other beings that can communicate with you. And I had all these uh, multidimensional experiences there at saying. So I would call that the first in my adulthood mm-hmm. where, where all the bells and whistles went off. Yes. And then, of course, in the last five years, I guess, you know, with really with the, the death of my goddaughter, and experiencing a stroke back in 2016, mm-hmm. I, I had huge um, experiences where I realized myself again um, that I was, in fact, a spirit being inside of this body. And I began to really connect and be aware and accept my spiritual giftings on another level. So, okay. So let, let's roll back just a little bit because you and I both were a part of the same spiritual family, which is a saying as well as El Elyon. And that was where my spiritual life started. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that it started there because that was an environment where we were taught how to develop a relationship with God for ourselves. And that was very important for me growing up in a family where uh, my mom, sweetest pie, but, you know, she was very rebellious against religion and my dad was an atheist. So growing up in that kind of environment and coming into a spiritual family where you were taught that you had to develop your relationship with God for yourself, um, I think allowed me as well as what I'm hearing from you to be able to tap into who we really and truly are and what our relationship with God is, as well as the journey of getting to our purpose that he has for us or that God has for us. Um, so I'm, I'm so glad that you shared that because a lot of people, like you said, they grow up in church, but they're not really getting anything out of it. And I think it's mm-hmm. important to share that message of developing in who you are and being in an environment that will cultivate that um, yes. as opposed to trying to control that. And I, I, I believe that in a spiritual environment, you have to allow people um wisdom as well as guidance but not necessarily control and that that I think is a huge difference so thank you so much for sharing that part um now I have you are one of the people I have I have a story for everybody um, in terms of like an encounter and there was a time where I was struggling with the identity of whether or not marriage was truly for me and I've definitely come to the conclusion that it's not, but <laughs> you are one of the people that helped me to identify who I knew what it was. I just didn't have the words and you gave me those words through your experience. And wow. so how was it being married that propelled you into a greater knowledge of who you are? Oh my goodness. I feel like we need to have margaritas and a whole <laughs> round of nachos. Okay. <laughs> Basically, you know me, Rach, and I can't, I, 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 first of all, I didn't ask if we, if we could cuss on here, but you know, the more no, candid I am. you're fine. You're fine. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Just the more candid I am, the more comfortable I can be. And I never know where my mouth's going to go, especially after the stroke. You know, I'm just out here. <laughs> you're so fine. You're fine. I, I knew I got married, uh, at 31 and literally within the first three months, I knew that marriage was not for me and it had very little to do with the incredibly emotionally traumatic experience I had with the man I chose to marry Mm -hmm. and far more to do with me learning me on another level as a woman. First of all, because as you know, I didn't have intercourse until him. I've only had sex with five beings and really you can only call one of them what we call sex, which is intercourse with a man. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wasn't really equipped to understand myself as a woman until I got married. So marriage to me was my tool of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. And I realized, number one, I'm not, I'm not built and I'm not made and I'm not created for traditional marriage because of the, the way that I know that I'm made. Number one, I'm not equipped or interested in, in fulfilling the sexual needs of a man and making that my energetic obligation or mental priority every day. Mm-hmm. Now, it is something that is, it's a gift and it's a desire for most women, but we have to keep saying most because we're all different, yep. you know? And mm-hmm. my yoni is divine, powerful, and addictive, but I'm just not that into sex. Like right. number two, I went through sex therapy after I got divorced. And I realized even in our, even in our uh, counseling with my husband, because they talked about sex a little bit when we were going through counseling after we separated, we we're still going through counseling. 
Um, and we, uh, sex came up a lot. And because it came up, I want to do my own discovery even after that. Mm-hmm. And I realized I'm an asexual, bisexual, romantic woman. Mm-hmm. So I'm not built to be a bastion for sex, period. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and marriage is an automatic agreement where two people will say that they will take on the emotional and energetic baggage of one another to work together to fix it, which is a beautiful institution, just not for a shaman like me. And right. I'm good with it. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Exactly. I'm good with it. So these are some things that a lot of women don't discuss, but I'm seasonally sexual, number one. So I knew that wasn't going to work. Number two, I realized that I didn't have the ability to caretake for a, a man in the way that a wife should to do a good job because I enjoy being alone. Mm-hmm. I'm an INFJ, you know? And what is, That's what what, is that? It's a, it's an introverted, um, it well, first of all, it's part of the Myers-Briggs. Okay. Um, so INFJ is introverted. I know it's feeling and judge introverted. Nur- I think it's, I think it's nurturing for mm-hmm. the end. I always forget the end. Um, but number one, I'm an introvert, which is, is very different from being an extrovert. I, I have to get my energy refilled by being alone. Mm-hmm. And the more I'm around people, the less I feel full, you know, right. and alive. Oh, you know, and I know so, that. <laughs> Yeah. And so that's something that, and not saying that two introverts can't be married, but I have had my own experience and my emotional needs and desires and my physical uh, capabilities and my spiritual path disallow me from being someone who, who's going to agree to be married because it's way too draining, time consuming and emotionally, energetically overwhelming for me. Exactly. And relationships aren't, I, I, I had a lover. I just, as you know, we can make into that conversation, but I just, I just had a lover for the past year that I just, you know, kind of broke off that relationship because of reasons that I had to, but relationships are not draining for me, but marriage is an institution. And again, I'm a shaman. I'm not with institutions, dude. This matrix ain't for me. So institution, <laughs> that's why I left the church when they kept trying to license me at this church, license me at that church. I'm like, dude, I don't follow your doctrine. Right. I'm just trying to get the love of God that you say we're trying to give to people through my own experience. But what I realized in the institution of the, of the church and religion is they're not exactly giving people an opportunity to get to know God, they're funneling God in a way to people that they want to have it. And if you get that out of that box of their understanding, they take away the God that you can't take away because God created the whole universe. Right. So how are you taking God away from me because I don't interpret him or experience him or her, the spirit of God the way you do? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So which, marriage is very similar to that, you yeah, know, which I, an institution that you have to follow. <laughs> I definitely talk about that a lot um, on this podcast in terms of, you know, allowing people to experience God and not have them beholden to what your expectations and your vision is for their life. Cause you know, you're not God. Um, yeah. But uh, jumping back, I also, I'm, I'm so excited that you shared getting to know yourself on a on a sexual level and I've definitely Mm -hmm. talked about that on a podcast that I did a little while ago called love sex and and, uh, conflict and in that I talked about the different five sex languages that you have and I never heard of those yes it is awesome it is absolutely amazing uh but I talked about the five different sex languages but I like the fact that you also brought in just getting to know where you are sexually like knowing that you're seasonally sexual like I think that's a huge thing because a lot of women are led to believe that if they're not into sex all the time that there's quote-unquote something wrong with them or you know what I mean it's just something about how you have to feel 
in order to experience what sex will actually do for you or how it make you feel and getting anything outside of that I feel like can be very traumatic like you said earlier and also lead you on this uh, hamster wheel of like, well, what's wrong with me? It, it is, you know, am I, am I defective in some kind of a way? Or, you know, it is he, is he going to leave me? Because you know what I mean? Like it, it leads down this uh, hamster wheel of just fearfulness and anxiety. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you and I both have talked about this. The more you get to know yourself, the level of freedom that you have to be who you are is like no other and it is the most one of the most beautiful experiences that I've had and um and I I know passing this on to other women is like one of my passions because I have experienced that so thank you so much for sharing that no I I wish that we would as women and that's why I that's one of the things I talk about even in my workshops with young women when we talk about the, the divine feminine and understanding that I think it's kind of funny, but people don't think sometimes when they get into institutions, so they don't ask these questions. But I remember being in a ministerial alliance meeting back when I was part of the Kojic Church and I was a young adult pastor for five years. And we're in a meeting and I remember talking about the, the, the pastor says something about, you know, your, your, your responsibility to follow your authority if you're a wife and if you're, even if your husband's going into a brick wall, God's going to hold you responsible for doing this and not that. And even in the church and like breaking it down. And I asked a question. I said, can I, I can ask somebody something. Why is it that we give the idea of marriage a different picture than it was even depicted in the times of the book that we use, which is the Bible, because I know about the Quran, I know about all the books, but most of these books are human experiences where people have channeled their experiences with God, but even the way they were living then was not what we call marriage today. In our book, all the people, none of them had a traditional marriage. They, men had harems, and then the women that they picked with their wives, and the women who were the main ones or what have you, were well aware of that. They were still the wife, but there, there was never one monolithic, monogamous relationship anywhere in the Bible that we can think of. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was kind of interesting that we create that institution within the church, although it's not depicted anywhere in the Hebraic text at all. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to point that out because it's based on what's natural. It's based on the cycles of a woman and the cycle of a man, which men don't really go in cycles. They go in the, like the sun. It's all in one day. Mm-hmm. That's why they wake up with it's all it's 24 hours mm-hmm. it's the same 24 hour thing with a woman it's you know it's 24 28 to 35 days it's a month it's different so these are things that people don't think about and when you ask questions about them in certain circles you get ostracized or as you say controlled and I'm not down with that so as you can see <laughs> yes no trust me I understand what do you think is the most important thing for women to know about their spiritual path and their spiritual growth I think the most important thing is you have to accept that your spiritual path is unique, Mm -hmm. that you are unique, that you can't get your exact evolution from any book, including the Bible. A lot of people look to the Bible to mimic the life of the Bible when these are people who are channeling their experiences with God during that time for you, specifically Mm -hmm. with Ascendant Master Yeshua, because at that time there was there was none who had Mm -hmm. ever come to be a pure source of God in the earth. But at the end of the day, that is not supposed to be a template for you to then try to mimic and call that a relationship with God. In my experience, most people in church are having a third party relationship with God. And they're having having a second party relationship with their own soul. And to me, it makes sense because 
if you don't even have a relationship with you that you can see just a little bit mm-hmm. and you never tap into the part of you that you can't see your mental, emo- your mental frame, your emotional frame, your energetic frame, your spiritual frame. You never tap into that for yourself. That's part of you that you can mm-hmm. see. It makes me think that you have an authentic relationship with a God that none of us can see that is a pure spirit being that you have to at least get close to your own spirit to know. Yep. So that's why when a lot of people talk about how holy they are and this and that, and I really learned that when I was working in ministry, I'm like, a lot of these folks are looking up commentaries. This is not their <laughs> true experience with God. They mm-hmm. are mimicking things they've seen. They are reading information to call it their own. And now that's why a lot of people are fragmented in their relationship because the person that you're going to not to give you an example or to demonstrate or to kind of show you how it works, but that you're depending on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God isn't even connected themselves. Yep. Yeah. Everyone has their journey. I say that all the time. Every single person has their own journey that they have to follow. And if you don't understand that and you're following someone else's journey and using that as a template for your life, when you were born to be unique as you are, Yes, you will get lost. You most definitely will get lost. So I, I wholeheartedly co-sign everything you just said. (laughs) Yeah. And that's why my heart bleeds rage. And really that's my, that's, that's part of my intention in helping women heal because especially in the church, because Christian women, I feel like we Christians are the ones who claim to have the power to deliver human beings from the Mm -hmm. grips of this world. Yet as a Christian myself, And especially working in the church, what I've experienced is that it's the opposite because we're creating codependency in people rather Mm -hmm. than spiritual liberation. And in order to have a real relationship with God, you must have a personal spiritual practice that is all your own. Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. many Christians don't have that outside of the church. No, a lot of people don't have an altar in their own home that they pray on and they want to go get some magic juice from the altar over here. And it's just like, I don't get it because what we're doing is we're creating a codependency that this world is already created. So it's even harder to come away from it because where I'm going to get free, I'm getting more codependent. If that makes sense. Yes, exactly. Yes. So talk to us a little bit more about what codependency means, not just on a spiritual level. Well, most of it is on a spiritual level, but talk about what that means and what does that look like and how can people start to go on that journey to free themselves from codependency? Oh, well, you know, we're going to take a qu- my five-question quiz. You know we are, Rachel. You and I together. You don't have to give I... your, your answers in just a second. But in, in a simple layman's terms, because I like to explain it to, to the way a 13-year-old runaway can understand, because that, that was my first target audience when I started sharing my story, is it's outside emotional reliance. Mm-hmm. It's my emotions are being regulated by someone or something outside of me. Mm-hmm. And sadly, 99% of us, including myself, we're born, reared, and raised in codependence because there's we're abused into this unhealthy paradigm and relationship pattern of making sure that other people's emotions are okay for you to have peace with you, especially if you're raised by dysfunction, which who wasn't, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So from the time we get here, we are introduced into this world by people who aren't dealing with their own emotions properly. And we're told that in order for us to be good, okay, worthy, all right, pass the class, be a citizen, you've got to make sure I'm emotionally regulated. Mm-hmm. And for highly sensitive people who are mostly codependents, you feel the energies and, and intentions of other people and you mm-hmm. find peace through harmony. So of course you learn to start acting in a way that keeps everyone else regulated. And mm-hmm. therefore you become dependent now on everything and everyone else around you to regulate your own emotions. 
Mm-hmm. And I have a lovely little quiz we can take. It's five questions. It's yes or no. Okay. 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 So this is a really good way to tell if you've ever dealt with codependency. Number one, mm-hmm. ask yourself, am I usually happier when people I love are pleased with me and sadder somehow if they aren't? That's the first question. Mm-hmm. Number two, do I find it difficult to have a good day if I just had an argument with someone and they're mad at me? Mm-hmm. Number three, does my job or my relationship status or my physical appearance affect my identity and my worthiness? Mm-hmm. Number four, does my intuition often get overridden by emotional manipulation of other people? Mm-hmm. And number five, do I often feel that I would be much happier if something or someone in my life would change? Mm-hmm. And if you have answered two to five of to, yes to any of those number one you're probably just a normal human being because we're raised for that to be normal Mm -hmm. and and at the end of the day if we really want to follow christ detaching and not allowing the outside world to become our regulation for the inside world is a part of spiritual development which is why a huge part of developing spiritually is getting some sort of deliverance freedom understanding and detachment from a codependent mindset Mm-hmm. So what, what is the next step that someone would take? Like, say, for instance, someone answered yes to four out of five of those. How, mm-hmm. What is the next step for them to say, okay, this is what I need to do now moving forward? Well, the first thing I tell everybody to do is you need to begin evaluating your relationships and being honest about the toxicity in them. Because 80% of the toxicity that you're experiencing is probably a result of the toxic relationships you're a part of if you're codependent, because you're carrying the energetic and electric bullshit and baggage from a lot of unhealthy people around you. And now you've made it your job and a part of your identity to keep that shit show going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Is get a list out of all the relationships you have and ask yourself honest questions going along with the five levels of truth, telling mm-hmm. the truth to yourself about yourself telling the truth to yourself about how these people make you feel, telling these people the truth about how they make you feel and telling those people in front of other people how you really feel. So, I mean, that's like an accelerated course, but that's where you start. (laughs) Yeah. Now, number one, that's going to be the first sign to you about which relationships are really toxic because the main thing a person does who's toxic is when truth comes to them, they attack you. Mm -hmm. So, if you can at least get the courage to be real with yourself about what people are really causing you pain and trauma and then be a little honest with them about it, a lot of times they'll remove themselves. Why? Because you haven't been honest with them in the beginning about how you feel or how they make you feel. Mm-hmm. And once you finally show their ass and then you're going to have the choice to keep them around or they may just defend themselves so much by attacking you that a lot of times that's a sign that, okay, that's a relationship that may need to go and you go through each one like that. And it includes family members because a lot of people are carrying energetic trauma and pain from friends, family members, spouses, lovers, and ex-lovers that doesn't belong to them and is stifling their spiritual growth. But they're so attached to the trauma and the drama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't want to let go. So you've got to cut those cords. And it starts with getting rid of toxic relationships. Yes. So I have a podcast I recorded. It's called Judas. Seriously. Um, but it was in that podcast. I also shared one of the the pieces of wisdom that you gave me in terms of understanding boundaries and knowing that, you know, you creating those boundaries with the people that are closest to you, it doesn't necessarily make them a horrible person. It's just that they're not meant to be aligned and, and, 
they're just not meant to go on that life journey with you. And there are certain things about that person, whether they have their own personal traumas or whatever, um, that is causing them to be a certain way and to know that that's mm-hmm. not, that you are not responsible for their character, nor are you responsible to heal that person. That that's something that they have to go through on their own. But creating those boundaries is, it's absolutely detrimentally i don't even know if that's a, a real word but i'm i'm saying no, it, it is it is the appropriate it, word too because it, it's life and death for you it is emotionally it is, mentally it and is everywhere other way absolutely detrimentally important and imperative for you to do that for yourself for self-preservation this next question is so appropriate just to be transparent with you guys with my alchemy chic family we have had the most technically difficult interview (laughs) (laughs) doing this um that i have ever experienced with uh doing this interview and basically the the question is very appropriate but what are some challenges that you once had uh, that used to take you out, but now you just kind of laugh at it and it's a breeze. Well, number one, trying to be someone that I'm not. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I think that that's really my whole life story. And that's why God's given me a really unique life path. And I've been able to experience basically every level of trauma a human being can experience. And I've been able to bring my soul back with intel. And I've been through mm-hmm. so many different levels that I'm, I'm now learning to free my throat. My throat chakra is clearing. That's why we're having all this spiritual interference and so many things because we're all um, carrying something very important. And when, when it's time to deliver it, just like with the baby, all the kind of shit hits the fan. You know, everything mm-hmm, can mm-hmm. be in opposition of it. But my biggest hurdle was trying to be someone that I'm not. And I think that my, my path in entertainment, me being married, me being a young adult pastor for five years, not letting them ordain and license me, you know, all of these things just really showed me how powerful God is in allowing me to discover who he is in me and who I mm-hmm. am. So that's why when we have these traumatic experiences, the worst thing we can do is go into the pretense that we're taught because the jewels of discovering who we are, especially as women, are found through the resiliency of our own trauma. But when we don't tell the truth about it, we don't process it, and we don't really go through it in an honest way, that's how we end up, which I feel a lot of women are. One of my mentors, Miss Yanla, I went to her um, Wonder Woman retreat after my divorce. And I went two years after that. And then another private event. And those two events changed my life as well. Because I don't think I've ever purged as much trauma in one weekend as I did the first time I went. And that's what showed me, oh, this is the piece I've been missing all those years. Because I've, had this, I've mm-hmm. had this spiritual understanding pretty much. I've had like a pragmatic you know, psychological understanding, but the soul work is what I really didn't have an understanding of. And I am a soul raider. So I had to get it for myself. And that's why I'm saying mm. the trauma, emotional trauma in my life has been so vast that I can't just pick one thing that's gotten me under because I feel like I've died nine times and I'm on my way to my tent. Mm-hmm. And every time I burn, I, I kind of shine and rise. I have noticed with my own spiritual journey that there are times where you will go through some what seems to be really, really ugly stuff. But once you take the time to process what that means, how it is, where you where you can grow from that, you rise even higher. And I know with you, you've definitely taken a lot of younger women under under your wings. Why? Where did that passion for becoming a mentor uh, where did that come from? Uh, I don't know that I always wanted to be a mentor. You know, I don't even know that I still call myself a mentor. Mm-hmm. But 
I think that my ability to sense the pain or confusion in others and this innate sense that I could provide healing and clarity through the wisdom that I have already downloaded mm-hmm. into them mm-hmm. gave me this compulsion to answer the the call that I feel that I'm being led to to just can download into people. So I don't know that I'd call myself a mentor because I always tell my girls, you know, the third group of girls just graduated from my true healing university over at Sequel Family Service Center. And these are young girls who've been in the DHR system. So that's why I tell people, if you can just walk, if you really follow Christ, Christ can minister to anybody. And that's why the, the church has got to get that because he was he was being authentic. That was the, the, the true miracle of Christ was not his miracles and his teachings. It was the fact that he was a pure hearted vessel channeling Holy Spirit power with a demon proof spirit. Mm-hmm. So, and no, I'm sorry. I guess. <laughs> so talk more about your your program that you have for people in terms of who are developing or wanting to develop more spiritually. I know that you do a lot of outreach and also just helping women and just anyone who wants to kind of go through that journey. Can you talk more about what your program is like? Sure. It is, uh, well, I'm doing a, a mental health awareness campaign this year for my True Healing College Tour. You know, I've just been doing workshops and lyceums for young adult women for the last two years where I teach emotional processing Mm -hmm. and uh, also spiritual development courses. And this year I added the Black Mother Monologues, which is an original piece that I wrote based on my own experiences. It's a one-act play that basically comes to break the code of secrecy amongst women. Mm -hmm. And we do a talk back afterwards. And so this year we're going to be going to a couple of schools in Alabama and Georgia and in the spring We have Hampton University and some other schools outside of the area that I'm thankful are catching the wave. But the main purpose of the program is to provide an outlet for millennials. I call it millennial therapy theater. But what it is, is it's teaching tools of healing that are not taught in school or the church that I think our generation needs right now more than ever, Mm -hmm. ever, 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 which is someone to teach people how to be authentic because now everyone's teaching people to front. Everybody's front. Yeah. It's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and so the more you front, the less you can heal. That's what people don't get though. Exactly. They don't get that. Exactly. The more you front, the less you heal. Yep. Yep. People who live authentically as they are, I have noticed are some of the people who have li- who live more of a whole life. Um, whether it be their, their outward appearance of success seems to be just something that automatically happens when in all actuality there was inward development that they went through that got them to where they are and most people don't see that they just see the outside and and they want to emulate that back to what you were saying in terms of like spiritual people wanting to mimic what's happening in the bible as opposed to using that as a tool to help them develop in who god would have them to be um but do you feel, and this is this is kind of how I, I, I like for people to kind of describe how their journey is going, but do you feel like you are traveling in, the, in alignment with what God has your purpose to be? Yes. And I, I, I've never been more clear because I've never been more sure that I don't know than I am now. I always thought that I knew and the the beauty of of understanding this detachment from so many previous paradigms is that I don't have a clue what's going to happen next. And I am so excited about that. Oh, my 
my gosh, that is so amazing. No, I, I just, I find that to be really, really beautiful and joyful as a way of looking at it. Um, another one of my Alchemy Chic influencers, you know, she said she looks at it as, you know, it's going to be Christmas where y- you don't know what's in the gift, but you're just excited to get it. Um, yes, because <laughs> I realize now I'm the gift. Yes. 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 Because we get here and we and we're taught, you know, once you get here, ask God for this certain blessing, pray for this certain thing. And it's like we're getting some sort of gift prize for just being born when really the gift is inside of us that we have to discover the God that's in us so we can get the gift and then get out of this body because we're only in it for a short time, folks. People are so attached to it now. They're putting all kinds of stuff in it, plumping it up. Honey, this body is not forever. No, it is not. Um, so just to kind of bring everything together in terms of, you know, if people wanted to contact you, you know, wanting to know how to be a part of your program or any future programs that you would launch and uh, would kind of want to go along that journey and have you guide them through that, how would they contact you? Well, I'm thankful to know that I'm finally on grid with the help of good friends. So I can now be found on Facebook at the Black Mother Monologues. I can be found on Instagram at the Black Mother Monologues. And I can also be emailed at acpriceless at gmail.com. And we're definitely interested in partnering with women's organizations. We're doing women's ministry events. I just am working with uh, uh, a church in T-Town, First First Baptist is going to do something with us. And so it's schools now and churches. And I really just want to work with other women who want to help women heal. Mm-hmm. I do because I'll be healing till I leave this body. And as I heal, I heal. That's what I tell myself. Yeah. Understandable. So thank you so much. Um, we are going to wrap up here in just a second, but I just really, really wanted to uh, just take a moment to say thank you. I appreciate you. I have learned so much from you. You have confirmed a lot for me, which through some of the things that I have gone through and I could not have really wanted to share this, this, this type of dialogue with a more dynamic woman other than you, because you have been very much so a vessel of to me. And that's why I wanted to have you on uh, to do this with, with other women as well. So thank you so much for being a part Thank of this you. project. Um, Alchemy Chic family, you all know what, what time it is. You all hear Ariane's story and you can think of other women that need to go through or understand what it is uh, it takes to kind of go through a spiritual development. Please feel free to pass this along to anyone. Until next time, I love you guys. Later, bye-bye.